Boom, put boom, boom, A side, B side, what side are you on? Welcome back. Hello, how's it going? It's another episode of A side, B side podcast. What's up, Adam? Uh, I'm doing very well, Brooke. I'm on vacation at the lake, uh, so it's been a very enjoyable couple of days. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I can't remember. Stranger Things, are you a Stranger Things person or no? Absolutely, yeah. I've really enjoyed this new season. It's been really good. Did you watch Volume 2? I'm about halfway through it. I have not finished it. I'm halfway through the second episode because, you know, they're basically like full movies. Yeah, well, it's uh, the second Volume 2 is almost four hours. The first episode's an hour and a half, and then the second runtime is two plus hours. Yeah, so I'm like halfway through the the second one, so like maybe an hour in. Um, I was watching it and then fell asleep, so I, I like had to go back and figure out what, what I remembered. Except <laughs> that you know the old guy that just falls asleep watching TV now. <laughs> this is they are officially now the second most watched uh, show on Netflix history. The first still being Sa- Squid Game. Oh really? Wow. Mm-hmm. I w- I would have just assumed that they were number one, but that's that's impressive. No, Squid Game's numbers are like they're crazy high it probably has more international appeal i would you know you'd think well i mean when they dropped on the volume two it the site netflix itself crashed worldwide because so many people were so i mean it has a worldwide appeal it does does um it's just squid games was like crazy which is new and yeah it was new it was like it was something completely different. So, I mean, it's. I feel weird that I haven't even finished the whole thing yet. I probably should do that. You haven't finished Squid Games? I have not finished Squid Games. I know. Okay. It's just, it's it's not my favorite style of film mm-hmm. or, or series. So it was, it was hard to get through because, you know, psychological thriller is not my jam all the time. Mm-hmm. Makes me really mm-hmm. classified as a psychological thriller. Uh I mean, I guess, I guess not. It's not really a thriller. I think it's more. Um, I don't even know what you would call it. It's not horror. I don't. Know. I mean, it's got some. It's got some gore to it. I mean, I guess it does. Definitely action. Yeah, but yeah, I guess it's not like completely like what's going on. But that's the. Like, how do we get out type of horror thriller yeah. thing trapped? Yeah. And it's, like but not like Saw. Like, Saw is its own thing. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of what it's like, but that's kind of the, the, new, the unique thing about it is it was really unlike anything else. Yeah. It's classified as action drama mystery. Well, there you go. So, not psychological thriller, <laughs> <laughs> not remotely close. That's okay. Uh, so uh, I watched Stranger Things this week, uh, but I've been trying to be outside as much as possible on vacation, and it's been very nice. But one of the cool things about vacation is I'm staying at Oak's place, and they watch different things than me. So the last time I was here, I watched an episode of Bosch, which is you know a show that I just completely missed, mm-hmm. but is absolutely right up my alley, just sort of a police procedural, you know, 
good cop who's trying to go against the system type of deal. Uh, and then this time I caught part of uh, a series that I, I had never heard of because I missed it completely. My folks were really excited. Uh, they thought it got canceled. What well, did get canceled? And then uh, Oprah's network picked it up and it's called All Rise. And uh, that was really interesting. They were dealing with a, a bone marrow donor. So the person who had received the bone marrow then had two sets of DNA and that's how they were dealing with a potential murder case. So it's cool to, to be exposed to uh, some new stuff. So now I have two more things for my never ending must watch list. Nice. Nice. I've not heard of all rise. Yeah, I, I totally missed it, but they, my folks were super excited that it got picked up for a third season. So I'm going to have to go back and figure out what it's all about. You know, just sort of your courtroom legal drama type of thing. Mm-hmm. did you see bosch i have not seen it i know what it is but i've never watched yeah there's just, there's just so many so many shows out there and it is spelled exactly like the appliance so it's a little hard to google them because you get like this oh, mismatch of kitchen yeah. appliances and then information about the show uh but I, it's been around for a long time i had no idea it came out in 2014 and the the original series ran to 2021 and now there's another series on like freeform which used to be imdb tv maybe no uh freeform is uh no freebie that's the one freebie yes freebie is imdb tv freeform is um yeah something family it used to be something yeah. family it's crazy how many stations there are and i like it because more and more shows are getting picked up but then you're like man it's just so much to watch i feel so far behind um remotely close i watched of course um stranger things i realized um after watching another show on hulu that's based on fx called the bear that stars jeremy allen white who if you look him up looks like a much younger version of robert de niro they favor a lot but he was actually on Shameless. And then I was like, hey, wait a minute. Did I ever finish the last season of Shameless? So then I had to go back through and and uh, I've been trying to, I finally found what episode I was on on Shameless, but it ended up like, as I'm like fast forwarding, like, yeah, I saw this. Then I would be like, oh yeah, I remember this part. And then I'd watch it. And then I'd be like, oh wait, I've got to fast forward because I'm trying to find where I'm at. And then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you get caught up in it. Yeah. It's fun how the, uh, you know, the trains of thought can go and you'll be like, oh, I'm watching this. It reminds me of that. And you bounce over here. And then all of a sudden you're like four different shows from where, or movies from where you expected to be. Yeah. So I am officially now on the last episode um, of Shameless. The Shameless, which means you'll get back to the bear after that. I finished Did you watch bear. all the bear? You finished? Mm-hmm. Is it good? Yeah, it's cute. There's only eight episodes and they're like 30 yeah. minutes a piece. So, okay. So it's quick. It's, you know, I, you know, restaurant life, I do that all the time. So it's kind of, I was like, ah, but do I really want to, do I want to feel like I'm at work when I'm not at work? Mm-hmm. But that's why it's weird to watch. Like I enjoy watching the kitchen nightmares or bar rescue, but also it's like some days after I've been at the restaurant, I don't want to watch a restaurant. Right. Yeah. Which, which yeah. Not that, that, you know, they're all so different, but there's just like that weird, weird little stuff that will remind you of the other thing. So I need I need to give it a try though. It's a, again another on the very long list 
the only movie I've seen in the last week was, of course, the one of the t- local TV stations was playing Independence Day this weekend. Ah, yeah, so, the original from way, way back in 1994. So that that was kind of funny. Uh, I remember when that came out, I had just I had been around this area of Wisconsin on a camp trip for a week, like in June, and then went back home and, of course, watched Independence Day on the 4th. So it's, it was very fitting that I'd be back in central Wisconsin watching Independence Day. It seems like there's some sort of weird connection there. Well, this is, can you believe, 100. Yeah, I actually was talking with some family, and I, I was mentioning, like, really, 100 episodes? I was like, yeah. I was like, so you guys would do this for, like, five years? I'm like, no, we do one, like, every week. And they're like, every week? I'm like, yeah, almost every week. We're, you know, it's been, it's been pretty consistent, which is uh, even more impressive, I think. It's one, it's one thing if you get sit down and, you know, you knock out five at a time or something and but you know to have everything be as like we talk about stuff that just happened i mean this weekend there was plenty of stuff that just happened which nobody really wants to get into but uh i think that's part of the fun is that it's fresh every week and it's different every week you know sometimes we'll spend 45 minutes talking about our weeks and then realize we have to do a show course with this being an even week that means you get to go first it does i am excited to be ridiculously um connected uh and almost i think a former uh professor of mine would call it sledgehammer when you're you're just probably laying it on just a little too thick but as i mentioned about uh independence day in central wisconsin and how there was for me there's this sort of like weird you know, memory connection. Uh, I'm also sitting at a lake house. And for the, since I visited it about a month ago, I'm, I have had the, a movie in my head that I have had to watch. Uh, and I watched it a couple of weeks ago and I was like, well, I'm going to do this as an A-side at some point, but, you know, let's be perfect. And we'll talk about the lake house when I'm at the lake house. Mm, look at you. It's a little, little, yeah, it's a little too little too dad there, dad jokes. Uh, but of course, the Lake House is a 2005 movie which finally reunited everyone's favorite hero and heroine from Speed, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, in an entirely different type of movie. Um, there are no buses rushing in this movie at all. It is one of those movies where you. You wonder how the pitch meeting went when you've got the the director or the writer, the producer standing in front of the money people saying like, hey, we've got this movie we want you to fund. And here's what it's about. Two people writing letters and their love letters, but they're separated in time by two years and they're never on stage. They're not around screen together at the same time. People are like, what? Oh, so we're getting Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock back together, but we're actually not letting them be together the entire movie. It was a very strange shift. And if you went as somebody who was a huge speed fan and you saw they were getting, you know, going to do a movie together again, you're like, oh, awesome. But then you're like, what? Mm -hmm. They're they're writing letters. So the Lake House is about a house on the suburbs of Chicago uh, where the movie starts out. Sandra Bullock is is moving in and she's just, you know, kind of getting the lay of the place. 
And all of a sudden, uh, a little bit further into the movie, a letter appears, appears in the mail, or she writes a letter when she's leaving, my bad. She's writing a letter when she's leaving uh, to, you know, whoever, you know, just saying like, this is a great lake house. You kind of like the, you, know, you go into like an Airbnb and they've got like the, you know, those little books. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, Bob and Joe slept here from, you know, Saskatchewan. It was great. You know, and then you're like, well, Bob and Joe liked it. So I guess we have to like it. Uh, she writes a little letter and leaves it in the mailbox. And all of a sudden we, we flip over and Keanu Reeves gets this letter out of the mailbox. And it becomes this entire letter writing, long distance, falling in love thing which is also ridiculously sledgehammered that I'm doing it here at the lake house because my parents met by writing letters to each other for a long time before they actually met. There was not a Speaking you know, of, they time just had travel. An anniversary. They did. Uh, this was the anniversary of uh, the proposal. Ah, okay. Okay. Yes. The, 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 the full anniversary is in uh, November, okay. but uh, my father is incredibly good with dates and uh, knows exactly when things happened. I, well, maybe this is probably indicative of how my marriage went. I know where, but I do not know the exact date that it happened. So that's probably on me. Uh, but so he posted about that, of course. And uh, it's funny because he always posts about the anniversary of the ask. And then everybody says happy anniversary because every, when you use the word anniversary, everyone just assumes your right. wedding anniversary. Yeah. 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 Which is, I think they both posted really about it. They did. Uh, I, I actually, I, that was funny because that I had to help my mom get a photo that she wanted to, to the right spot so she could respond to. So <laughs> it was a, one of those, Oh, well, if he did it, I got to do it, but in a happy way sort of thing. So they fall in love writing letters and it is a very weird way to use two incredibly charismatic people who had such chemistry and speed and it never really let them share a scene i mean they do some things with the writing where you know the letters or they're speaking out loud as they would in the letters so it kind of feels like a dialogue it's a hard thing to film is a film with just people writing down stuff would not be an entirely engrossing film uh it didn't get great reviews uh, it was based off of a South Korean mo- motion picture. So that probably made the uh, the pitch meeting go a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being like, it was like, hey, this was a hit over here. We're going to do the same thing here with, you know, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. That makes way more sense than even telling them the, uh, the actual story. I love that we talked about Squid Game. It's like an action drama um, mystery. mystery. The three words that, that that are used for the lake house is a fantasy romance drama <laughs> I, i'm gonna look for that every time now because i feel like every movie has just got like their three big words uh so they are working on uh so you've got sandra bullock and connery is writing each other letters falling in love trying to figure out a way how can we meet even though there's two years apart and even with the lack of shared screen time each of the individuals is so engaging that you're like, oh, you want this to work out. But it was definitely the romance genre of, you know, separated, you know, very much sleepless in Seattle or um, the the one with the bookstore that was also Meg Ryan and Tom Cruise. Oh, um, uh, you've got mail. Yeah, you've got mail. Yeah. 
So I've been very much along that style. This is a little less comedy and a little bit more like not complete schmaltzy, but it feels a couple times like you're going, oh, this is just a little too like soap opera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does, I mean, you know, spoiler alert for a movie that came out what, 2005, so 17 years ago. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, it is on it's on Netflix right now. So you can pause this and go watch it. Uh, but if you don't want to pause it, I'm going to spoil some stuff. Uh, one of the, you know, they find out that they're two years apart and they're trying to figure out how they can, you know, meet. And then you find out later that the house was actually designed by Alex's father, Alex played by Keanu Reeves. And that's when things start to make sense for, for Sandra Bullock's character, Dr. Kate Forster. And, Eventually, they try to meet, something happens, and Kate realizes that she had saw a car accident a few days ago, and that was, you know, in 2006, and that was, that car accident was when Alex had passed, and that's why he couldn't meet her on their planned day, Uh, and so she goes all the way back to the lake house, and then this is where it, it gets to that point where they tried to make it a little bit more of like more tension at the end, instead of it just like, will they or won't they now one of them might die. So she's writing a letter to, to him to try to convince him not to do that. So she could literally change time. So he doesn't go back and, and get hurt. And it, that's where it feels like it got a little too off the rails. Mm-hmm. And of course, spoiler alert, they do finally end up together at the lake house and finally the two stars of this movie are physically sharing a scene but it is only at the very end of the movie so in a way it felt like this giant tease of bringing these two actors back to get back together and then keeping them apart for the entire film until the very end uh it is not the worst romance it gets a little weird with the time travel, but I actually like that. It threw something new on there. Uh, it is the type of movie that you can certainly sit down with your significant other and, you know, have a nice evening in. It's probably not going to blow anybody's doors off, uh, but the acting is solid enough, and they're both really naturally likable people. So by the end, uh, you do end up rooting for it to work out, even if it gets a little twisted with the car accident and then the heroic attempt of letter writing um in this case the pen was mightier than the car so if you'd like to check out the lake out oh go ahead no i was just gonna say well um i can remember i think that was kind of a thing around that time because um jim caviezel was in frequency and it was kind of like a similar yeah uh, yeah very much so time travel they're talking to each other through like a cb radio or something yeah he ends up talking to his dad through time i mean it was a very interesting way to kind of play with time travel where no one's really time traveling mm-hmm. you know but you're influencing the future right so i mean and then that's a that's another i really enjoy frequency i think that's really good it's i really movie. really like frequency i like lake yeah. house too they're different because obviously frequency is not a romance <laughs> right it's it's more of like the mystery intense you know action uh as opposed to the romance uh and it, it's i will watch anything that sandra bullock is in and have since you know 1992 
Uh, I've even seen like the, her first movie where she plays like a person who gets kidnapped and she's only in the movie for like three minutes, but I found that on VHS. Uh, <laughs> not good. Uh, it, you know, the lake house was considered a hit. I mean, it, budget of 40 million it made 114 almost 115 million so it's uh it's kind of amazing that uh even even with the success people are like well this was just kind of meh it's like you know still made 100 million dollars that used to be a big deal so if you'd like to check out the lake house uh it is available like i said on netflix with your subscription uh if you don't have a netflix subscription but you just want to rent or to purchase it uh you can rent uh, from Prime Video, Microsoft, iTunes, Vudu. Uh, they're all at $3.99. I guess it seems like $3.99 is kind of like the rental price now. It keeps popping up everywhere. Uh, they all allow you to buy it and download it to your device uh, for $12.99 as well. So uh, I, if you're looking for a date night movie, The Lake House is good enough and the characters, the actors pull it through even though it's at times a little confusing and wanders off to places you weren't expecting well keanu reeves um since we are talking about him um Mm -hmm. there was a tweet that just kind of went viral uh yesterday who keanu is like a notorious nice guy like i mean everybody Mm -hmm. just i've never heard a bad word about uh keanu and of course he comes through with that again he had just flown into paris and he's like at baggage claim and some young kid approaches him and asks for an autograph he you know he just gets off this like international flight and this Mm -hmm. like this preteen boy is asking for an autograph and then he just starts hammering him like rapid fire questions like what are you doing in Paris and blah 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 and like you know Keanu is like um or or he had just come from Paris something and like even the kid when he asked him a question he said like grand pre wrong he said like grand pricks and like Keanu like without correcting him corrected him he was like well I was there to watch the grand prix and um you know I'm, I'm coming to New York to watch a Broadway show and you know, I mean, and then the kid obviously wants to keep talking to him, but he's out of questions. So then Keanu turns the tables on him and starts asking him. He starts rapid fire question, questioning the kid. <laughs> I mean, he's just an, a wholly amazing guy. Yeah, it would and it would have been so easy for him to just be like, uh, yeah, I'll take get it out of here. Sorry, kid, I gotta go, you know. Right. But he, but he like turns the tables on the kid and was like, oh, oh, you wanted to ask me questions? I'm gonna ask you some questions. <laughs> And it also feels like it's not it's not put on. Like he was probably legitimately interested in what that kid was doing in New York. Genuinely, he probably wherever. was. Yeah, he probably was. So um I think but I think that also comes across in his characters, like not like Bill and Ted, because that's just kind of goofy fun. But you know, like when you are watching um john wick and you've got this guy who wants to be a nice guy and he's just trying to live his life and then you know what you steal his you know you mess with his puppy you know mm-hmm. or um <laughs> you, know, you don't mess with somebody's dog man you don't mess with the puppy man yeah. um yeah i just i feel like it comes across in like with his on-screen chemistry with his his co-stars and stuff like that too well and he always seems like somebody that you you want to you want to root for Mm-hmm. I mean, the replacements is not a good football movie, 
but I love Shane Falco and I've watched it many times when it's come on flipping channels on cable, just because of like, I enjoy watching Keanu Reeves. So he, if he can make a bad football movie enjoyable, that's a pretty <laughs> impressive talent. <laughs> but anyway, sorry to interrupt. So no, 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 that was, that was perfect. That's a little addendum. Like it was the, the a flavor or the B flavor of the A side. <laughs> But uh, so you you mentioned where you can watch it. Yes, it's on Netflix. Uh, I, you know, like I said, perfect date night movie. Uh, I am a little surprised that nobody's tried because it made a hundred million dollars. They haven't tried to do like the lake house too, but maybe I should look for that. Maybe they just did it with somebody else, which wouldn't be, that would actually be the perfect attempt at a sequel, but highly recommend it. The A side approved the lake house from the lake house. Well, there you go. All right. That's the A-side. I should say, is that the A-side? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, no, that was. That was that was perfect ending. I was like, I like that. <laughs> I'm demanding that's the A-side. End it now. That's the A-side. <laughs> Your mic is cut off. Your only part of podcast now is listener. <laughs> I don't know why I went with the bad Slavic accent. There. I don't it, either. It was- but <laughs> that was weird i apologize <laughs> probably because i've been watching so much uh stranger things yes and it is there is a big part of it that takes place in russia so if you yeah. have not watched stranger things it I mean, it's not really a spoiler that's just part of the show part of it takes place in russia yeah i don't feel like that's a spoiler like you, you kind of knew that was coming if you watched last season or any of the trailers so right. uh yeah Lots of fun. I will try not to do any more Russian accents. <laughs> All right. There you go. That's the A side. All right. So for the B side this week, we're going to talk about a little baby face. A little oh. baby face who was anything but an, the angel of death who was anything but an angel. Goodness. Mm-hmm. So this week we're talking about Carlos Eduardo Robledo Pooch or Pew Puke. Um, I've tried to look up how to say it and it just all depends on the area. So Pooch or it's one of those things like I feel like everybody gets to like even if it's like supposed to be according to like grammarly that it's supposed to be pronounced this way like I think every family gets to decide how you pronounce it. I That's true. I've heard of so many families like changing the the pronunciation of pronunciation pronunciation, pronunciation. of their name you know when they you just change the pronunciation of pronunciation <laughs> right <laughs> all right so carlos uh, edward robledo pooch a pooch uh, was born january 19th or 22nd there's some debate on that of 1952 yes a mom would know different sources said different dates um he was born to victor robledo pooch and Josefa Ada Habendock. Um, she's of German descent. His father was a top technician for General Motors. Oh, very nice. So the couple tried unsuccessfully for several years to have a baby. Um, so Victor Pooch actually noted in a journal after the, the birth of his son, Carlos Eduardo, he said, he is beautiful. Everyone says he looks like his mother. Um, His parents said he was a very well-behaved child. He was pale with red hair. 
coming from his mom's German side. And this well-behaved child at home, well, was a starkly different kid at school. So Carlos was nicknamed boiled milk or colored red, which are in Spanish, their nicknames for a short-tempered person. Oh, boiled He's, milk. I like that. Boiled milk. Um, he was described as extremely intelligent and equally just as violent. In 1956, when Robledo uh, was just four years old, his parents moved to Borges Street in Buenos Aires, Providence, uh, and they rented a first floor apartment above a hardware store. Robledo comes from a very hardworking middle-class family. And like I said, at home, great kid in school, not so, not so easy going. So in his uh, late teens, Robledo, before he gets into all of this, he got in trouble for stealing a motorbike and then he was caught and he was sent to uh, Jose Manuel Estrada School of Arts and Crafts, which was a correctional facility in Los Hornos. That is a strange name for a correctional facility. That's what I thought too. And I had to double check and triple check that because I was like, that's the name of the correctional facility. But I mean, for juveniles, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You know, trying to get them, you know, idle hands get in trouble. So keep them busy. On March 15th of 1971, Robledo Pooch and his accomplice, Jorge Antonio Ibanez, robbed a nightclub called Enamor. And they got away with 350,000 pesos, which would be about $170,000. Oh. Yeah, right. so it's 350,000 pesos. That's a good night's work. <laughs> yeah. So before they left the, the nightclub that they were stealing, Robledo used a pistol and killed the owner's nightclub and a security guard while they were sleeping. Oh, they were they were sleeping. Yeah, I guess you know Jeez. probably in the wee hours after the club closes or whatever they break yeah, in. Yeah, you know, they're they're like, oh, what are these guys doing here? So on May 9th of 1971, about 4 a.m., Robledo Pooch and Jorge Abanez broke into a Mercedes Benz uh, spare parts store. Through a skylight, this store was in Vicente Lopez. They bust in through the skylight. In one of the rooms of this Mercedes-Benz parts store, they find a couple sleeping. Maybe this is a common thing in Buenos Aires. I need to look into that a little bit more. Like people kind yeah. of, it could have been, well, this was at four o'clock in the morning, but I know siesta is a big yeah. thing in like some Latin American countries. So I don't know if. if and these could be like, club slash home you know it could be, maybe they right. got an apartment or something you know so they break into this uh parts store and in one of the rooms they find a couple with their newborn baby baby robledo shoots and kills the husband he shot the female after he has shot her uh, ibanez attempts to rape the injured woman she survives the ordeal and she'll come back up later but before fleeing, they steal. All right, so for the B-side this week, we're going to talk about a little baby face. A little oh. baby face who was anything but, an, the angel of death who was anything but an angel. Goodness. Mm -hmm. 
So this week we're talking about Carlos Eduardo Robledo Pooch or Pew Pew. Um, I've tried to look up how to say it and it just all depends on the area. So Pooch yeah. or it's one of those things like I feel like everybody gets to like even if it's like supposed to be according to like grammarly that it's supposed to be pronounced this way. Like I think every family gets to decide how you pronounce it. I that's true. I've heard of so many families like changing the the pronunciation of pronunciation pronunciation, pronunciation. of their name. You know when they <laughs> you just change the pronunciation of pronunciation. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So Carlos uh, Edward Robledo Pooch a Pooch. Uh, was born January 19th or 22nd. There's some debate on that of 1952. Yes, and mom would know. Different sources said different dates. Um, he was born to Victor Robledo Pooch and Josefa Ada Habendock. Um, she's of German descent. His father was a top technician for General Motors. Oh, very nice. So the couple tried unsuccessfully for several years to have a baby. Um, so Victor Pooch actually noted in a journal after the, the birth of his son, Carlos Eduardo, he said, he is beautiful. Everyone says he looks like his mother. Um, his parents said he was a very well-behaved child. He was pale with red hair coming from his mom's German side. And this well-behaved child at home, well, was a starkly different kid at school. So Carlos was nicknamed boiled milk or colored red, which are in Spanish, their nicknames for a short-tempered person. Oh, boiled He's, milk. I like that. Boiled milk. Um, he was described as extremely intelligent and equally just as violent. In 1956, when Robledo uh, was just four years old, his parents moved to Borges Street in Buenos Aires, Providence, uh, and they rented a first floor apartment above a hardware store. Robledo comes from a very hardworking middle-class family. And like I said, at home, great kid in school, not so, not so easygoing. So in his uh, late teens, Robledo, before he gets into all of this, he got in trouble for stealing a motorbike and then he was caught and he was sent to uh, Jose Manuel Estrada School of Arts and Crafts, which was a correctional facility in Los Hornos. That is a strange name for a correctional facility. That's what I thought too. And I had to double check and triple check that because I was like, that's the name of the correctional facility. But I mean, for juveniles, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, you know, trying to get him, you know, idle hands get in trouble, so keep him busy. On March 15th of 1971, Robledo Pooch and his accomplice, Jorge Antonio Ibanez, robbed a nightclub called En Amor, and they got away with 350,000 pesos, which would be about $170,000. $170,000, oh, yeah, right. so it's 350,000 pesos. That's a good night's work. <laughs> yeah. So before they left the, the nightclub that they were stealing, Robledo used a pistol and killed the owner's nightclub and a security guard while they were sleeping. Oh, they were, they were sleeping? Yeah, I guess 
you know, Jeez. probably in the wee hours after the club closes or whatever, they break yeah, in. You know, they're, they're like, oh, what are these guys doing here? So on May 9th of 1971, about 4 a.m., Robledo Pooch and Jorge Abanez broke into a Mercedes-Benz spare parts store through a skylight. This store was in Vicente Lopez. They bust in through the skylight. In one of the rooms of this Mercedes-Benz parts store, they find a couple sleeping. Maybe this is a common thing in Buenos Aires. I need to look into that a little bit more. Like people kind of... It could have been, well, this was at four o'clock in the morning, but I know siesta is a big thing in like some Latin American countries. So I don't know if. if, And these could be like club slash home. It could be. Maybe they got an apartment or something, you know. So they break into this uh, parts store and in one of the rooms, they find a couple with their newborn baby. Baby Robledo shoots and kills the husband. He shot the female. After he has shot her, uh, Ibanez attempts to rape the injured woman. She survives the ordeal, and she'll come back up later. But before fleeing, they steal 400,000 pesos, which is about $19,000. I, earlier, I said seven, uh, 170, it's 17,000, excuse me. So 19, still, still a good night's work. Mm-hmm. So now remember, this couple that was sleeping in this other room had a baby. Robledo shoots at the crib where the baby is crying. Fortunately, he misses. So about two weeks after the uh, Mercedes-Benz Mercedes-Benz spare parts store, say that five mm-hmm. times fast. I'd rather not. Both of the criminals on the night of May 24th, they break into a supermarket and they kill the security guard a couple weeks after that on june 13th of 1971 jorge ibanez breaks into a garage in the constitucion area of buenos aires he later meets up with robledo and the pair spot a 16 year old girl leaving a bowling alley in the avenida uh libra libra look you know you would think that i had never had a spanish lesson in my life I mean, has it been within the last couple of years? Because no, know, I did do a stuff this morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give you an out there, but <laughs> so they they um the the pair meet up in, in this um they spot this sixteen uh, year old girl leaving a bowling alley in Avenida Liberat- Libertador, and they pick her up and they get her into the backseat of a stolen car that. Jorge had taken from the garage. Mm-hmm. So they get her in and Ibanez, unfortunately, he rapes her. They toy with her and then they let her go. She's thinking she's going to get away. Robledo shoots her five times. And she's like running away? As she's running away. Oh. On June 24th, 11 days later, they drive to the same location and they attempt to repeat the same crime. This time, Jorge Ibanez attempts to rape a 23-year-old woman that they picked up in Vicente Lopez. She resists the attack and they throw her from the car half naked. 
And then Robledo Pooch shoots her seven times as she runs for the Pan-American border. On August 5th of 1971, Jorge Ibanez and Robledo Pooch are driving when their car is hit. So they get into a car accident. Well, Jorge Ibanez dies instantly upon impact. Robledo, uh, who was driving, actually flees from the scene unscathed. So the deadly duo is no more. But that, of course, is not going to stop Robledo. No, just because he doesn't doesn't have a buddy with him doesn't mean he's going to become less evil. Right. So after the death of Jorge Abanez, Robledo goes back to school for a bit. His mom buys him a Dodge GTX coupe with money that he had given to her. Where'd the money come from? We know where the money comes from. Yeah. He thinks the money comes from a job. Right. What was the job? Mm-hmm. Um, While he's in school, he reconnects with a childhood friend, Hector Somoza, and, well, a new deadly duo is formed. On November 15th of the same year, 1971, Robledo and his new accomplice, Hector, bust into a supermarket in Boulogne and using a 32 caliber pistol that they had actually gotten from a robbery a couple days earlier. Um, They just bust in and they're just firing shots everywhere. Sometime between November 17th and November 24th, the two break into two separate car dealerships and they murder the security guards at both places. And they end up stealing over 1 million pesos or 49,482,903. To be exact. Exactly. But who's counting? Who's counting? So this deadly duo is, you know, doing their thing. They get away with it, some money and it seems like they take a little bit of time off. Well, they're back up to their shenanigans on February 1st of 1972. Robledo and Hector break into a hardware store. They do what they always do. They kill the security guard and they were trying to open the safe with the security guard's keys that they had taken off of him. They weren't able to break into the safe. And for some reason, there's something that happens. Nobody's ever really able to explain it, but Robledo ends up in like a state of confusion. You know, I don't know if like he maybe hit his head or something like nobody can explain it, but in a state of confusion, Robledo gets startled by something and he shoots Hector, his partner and kills him. Well, now he's got to make sure that nobody can identify him. So in order to prevent identification of Hector's body, he takes a blowtorch and he burns off Hector's face. Wow, that's gruesome. And he's in a hardware store. It's right there. So then he takes that same blowtorch and he's finally able to open the safe. So from the safe, he takes money he flees the scene. Well, he did all of that to not be identified. But when police arrive at the scene and they're doing their investigation, they found an identity card in Hector Samosa's pants pockets. Hector had uh, just course. turned 20. So of course, they're able to piece together 
um, you know, they go to Hector's house and Hector's um, mom is like, oh, he's hanging with a, a boy named, and she uses like the nickname that they had given him in school, um, Colored Red, Colored Red, which they were able to trace back to Robledo. From a nickname. That's why nicknames, you got to be careful. So initially yeah. when um, Robledo is arrested, he denies everything. But, you know, they're investigating him and they're telling him and they're just showing him evidence upon evidence upon evidence. And finally, he's like, all right, you know what? Yeah, I did it. I did it all. He confesses to everything that they know about and he confesses the stuff they didn't even know about. So he's got he's, somebody in the corner writing stuff down. Like, you know, they're like, are you recording this? What was that you just mentioned? So, so, of course, he's, you know, confessed and he's awaiting trial. He manages to escape custody on July 7th of 1972. He escapes the almost prison by jumping from its roofs over a fence. He's on the loose for 64 hours before he's recaptured. Where do you think they found him? Uh, I'm guessing a hardware store or a car dealership, but he's breaking in. He was he was found wandering sites by where he had taken his victims. Oh, so yeah. so he was probably like visiting his like revisiting the crimes, I guess. Yeah, you know, just you know, like high school reunion, just gotta swing by the old locker and you know, see science <sighs> room. And Man, so in stuff. in it takes a while. He's finally tried in 1980, and he's sentenced to life in prison. He's He's uh, convicted for 11 murders, one attempted murder, 17 robberies, and accomplice of one rape and one attempted rape, one count of sexual abuse, two kidnappings, and two thefts. Whole kitchen sink there. Uh, Yeah, yeah, they just threw all the charges at him. So he's tried and sentenced to life in prison, which is the maximum sentence in Argentina. And he's sent to... uh, to a high security prison of Sierra Chica near the city of Olivaria. The last words he said before the court were, this is a Roman circus. I was judged and sentenced beforehand. Homie, you admitted to it. Yeah, I love when they're always, when they just spill their guts in interrogation and they're later to be like, I was set up. Right? This is a sham. No, man, you confessed. Um, so before the trial, he was examined by a psychiatrist and some of that report, uh, was read at the trial. Some of it said Robledo Pooch comes from a legitimate and complete home absent from unfavorable hygienic and moral circumstances. There were no economic constraints of importance, reverses of fortune, abandonment of home, lack of work, personal misfortune, illness, effective conflicts, overcrowding, or promiscuity, meaning his background had nothing to do with it. He was just evil. Yeah, we can't find any, you know, triggering events or big causes. This Mm-mm. guy's just bad news. No, yeah. In July of 2000, he actually became eligible for parole, but he initially didn't file a petition for parole. Eight years later, though, he said, well, maybe. So on May 27th of 2008, Robledo Pooch submits a petition to be paroled. The judge who reviewed his petition said, nope, he denied it. He considered him to still be a threat to society. Yeah. In November of 2009, he was denied his request again. 
In November, uh, on no in November of 2013, he requested a review of his sentence or at least of his execution status. He was supposed to be um, executed by lethal injection. Uh, the death penalty wasn't even legal in Argentina anymore. The Supreme Court of Justice denied both the request for review and the request for execution because it would have, you know, been illegal. Yeah, yeah. On March 27th, 2015, the Supreme Court uh, rejected an appeal filed by Robledo against the decision where his parole was denied. So he appealed again, and it was denied again. Therefore, as of 2022, Robledo Pooch is still in prison. He has spent over 50 years in prison, making him the longest serving prisoner in Argentina. Wow. Um, during his incarceration, he's apparently become religious, but he's still prone to psychotic fits, during one of which he burned down a prison workshop while wearing goggles and a cape, stating that he was Batman. Outstanding. That's, that's, that's... not a joke. He really claimed that he was <laughs> Um, due, due to numerous evaluations. <laughs> Did not see that twist coming in the story at all. Due to numerous evaluations that say he is still a threat to society, the chances of a release are pretty much nil for Robledo Pooch. Um, yeah, I gotta feel, you gotta feel like the, the parole board is like, yeah, what about this whole I'm Batman thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, here's where the A side comes in, Adam. So in 2018, there was a film based on Robledo Pooch called El, An El Angel, directed by Luis Ortega, and it stars Lorenzo Ferro. And the runtime is one hour, 58 minutes. You can watch it on Tubi. It won Argentinian Academy Awards, seven of them, including Best New Actor for the star, Lorenzo Ferro. Ooh, and there awesome. you go. That is the story of the angel of death, the baby-faced angel of death, the black angel, serial killer, Carlos Eduardo Robledo Pooch. So I think it, we're at the point now where some of these criminals, if they really want to re be remembered, shouldn't go with like the, it was, yeah, I was set up. It was, this is a sham. It's a circus. Like, can you imagine how much press somebody, somebody would get if they just got up there? Like, I just like to thank everybody for doing a really good job on this trial. <laughs> uh, judge, uh, prosecution, you clearly nailed it. Uh, you guys did. Totally going to jail. You nailed yeah. it. I just yeah. want to thank everyone for their professionalism in this case. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a nice change of pace just once so if there's any if there's any on uh currently in jail uh you know criminals that are looking for a good way to uh, make a mark uh there, there's your free advice right yeah i don't think they're gonna take it though well, you never know you know they don't break our demographics down that much so we we could have you know a an audience listening uh you know incarceration <laughs> uh, i kind of hope not hey it's a click is a click <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh all right so there you go that is the b-side so take it away adam where can so, where, where can you yes. do all the, the things all the things and the stuff well this was our 100th episode uh which is pretty outstanding and if you want to hear any of the episodes all 100 if you wish to spend what would that be 
200 hours listening to our voices Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can certainly do that uh we are on all of the streaming services and in fact if you go to our website a side b side podcast dot square dot site you will be able to link to your favorite streaming service uh subscribe like turn on the notifications so you can know that every friday we'll have a new episode out uh when you're on that website you can also uh see all of our sources and uh, some of the things that we found, uh, links to maybe those sources and or, you know, if I talk about a show, maybe a link to you know, some of the reviews. And if you wanted to watch it yourself on Netflix, uh, we've also got merchandise on the website. We have a group called Buy Me a Coffee. So go to buymecoffee.com and type in A Side B Side Podcast and you can send money directly to Brooke's Coffee Fund. So she can stay awake when listening to my dulcet tones and constant interruptions. So it's kind of a weird thing. Like it's relaxing, but then infuriating all at the same time. It's very much a roller coaster. So you got to have some coffee to deal with that. Uh, And the number one thing that you can do if you enjoy the podcast is tell a friend, share it on social, uh, or just keep listening. So that's actually number one, two, and three things, because that was more than one. Well, there you go. All right um a big deal i can't believe we made it to 100 super excited about that and hopefully to 100 more well there you go i'm for it i'm here for it i'm totally here for it all right thanks thank you brooke Four hundred thousand pesos which is about 19 19 dollars i earlier i said 178 17 excuse me so 19 still still a good night's work Mm mm-hmm so now remember, this couple that was sleeping in this other room had a baby. Robledo shoots at the crib where the baby is crying. Fortunately, he misses. So about two weeks after the uh, Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz spare parts store, say that five mm-hmm. times fast. I'd rather not. Both of the criminals on the night of May 24th they break into a supermarket and they kill the security guard. A couple of weeks after that, on June 13th of 1971, Jorge Ibanez breaks into a garage in the Constitucion area of Buenos Aires. He later meets up with Robledo and the pair spot a 16-year-old girl leaving a bowling alley in the Avenida uh, Libra... Libra- Look, you know, you would think that I had never had a Spanish lesson in my life. Well, I mean, has it been within the last couple of years? You no, know, I did do a stuff this fades. morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give you an out there, but <laughs> so they they um the, the pair meet up in, in this um they spot this uh 16-year-old girl leaving a bowling alley in Avenida Liberat- Libertador, and they pick her up. And they get her into the backseat of a stolen car that Jorge had taken from the garage. Mm-hmm. So they get her in and Ibanez, unfortunately, he rapes her. And they toy with her and then they let her go. She's thinking she's going to get away. Robledo shoots her five times. And she's like running away. As she's running away. On June 24th, 11 days later, they drive to the same location and they attempt to repeat the same crime. 
This time, Jorge Ibanez attempts to rape a 23-year-old woman that they picked up in Vicente Lopez. She resists the attack and they throw her from the car half naked. And then Robledo Pooch shoots her seven times as she runs for the Pan-American border. On August 5th of 1971, Jorge Ibanez and Robledo Pooch are driving when their car is hit. So they get into a car accident. Well, Jorge Ibanez dies instantly upon impact. Robledo, uh, who was driving, actually flees from the scene unscathed. So the deadly duo is no more. But that, of course, is not going to stop Robledo. No, just because he doesn't doesn't have a buddy with him doesn't mean he's going to become less evil. Right. So after the death of Jorge Abanez, Robledo goes back to school for a bit. His mom buys him a Dodge GTX coupe with money that he had given to her. Where'd the money come from? We know where the money comes from. Yeah. He thinks the money comes from a job. Right. What was the job? Mm-hmm. Um, While he's in school, he reconnects with a childhood friend, Hector Somoza, and, well, a new deadly duo is formed. On November 15th of the same year, 1971, Robledo and his new accomplice, Hector, bust into a supermarket in Boulogne and using a 32 caliber pistol that they had actually gotten from a robbery a couple days earlier. Um, They just bust in and they're just firing shots everywhere. Sometime between November 17th and November 24th, the two break into two separate car dealerships and they murder the security guards at both places. And they end up stealing over 1 million pesos or 49,482,903. To be exact. Exactly. But who's counting? Who's counting? So this deadly duo is, you know, doing their thing. They get away with it, some money, and it seems like they take a little bit of time off. Well, they're back up to their shenanigans on February 1st of 1972. Robledo and Hector break into a hardware store. They do what they always do. They kill the security guard, and they were trying to open the safe with the security guard's keys that they had taken off of him. They weren't able to break into the safe. And for some reason, there's something that happens. Nobody's ever really able to explain it, but Robledo ends up in like a state of confusion. You know, I don't know if like he maybe hit his head or something like nobody can explain it, but in a state Mm -hmm. of confusion, Robledo gets startled by something and he shoots Hector, his partner and kills him. Well, now he's got to make sure that nobody can identify him. So in order to prevent identification of Hector's body, he takes a blowtorch and he burns off Hector's face. Wow, that's gruesome. And he's in a hardware store. It's right there. So then he takes that same blowtorch and he's finally able to open the safe. So from the safe, he takes money he flees the scene. Well, he did all of that to not be identified. But when police arrive at the scene and they're doing their investigation, 
They found an identity card in Hector Samosa's pants pockets. Hector had uh, just course. turned 20. So, of course, they're able to piece together. Um, you know, they go to Hector's house and Hector's um, mom is like, oh, he's hanging with a, a boy named, and she uses like the nickname that they had given him in school, um, Colored Red, okay. which they were able to trace back to Robledo. From a nickname. That's why nicknames, you got to be careful. So initially yeah. when um, Robledo is arrested, he denies everything. But, you know, they're investigating him and they're telling him and they're just showing him evidence upon evidence upon evidence. And finally, he's like, all right, you know what? Yeah, I did it. I did it all. He confesses to everything that they know about and he confesses the stuff they didn't even know about. So he's got he's, somebody in the corner writing stuff down. Like, you know, they're like, are you recording this? What was that you just mentioned? So, so of course he's, you know, confessed and he's awaiting trial. He manages to escape custody on July 7th of 1972. He escapes the almost prison by jumping from its roofs over a fence. He's on the loose for 64 hours before he's recaptured. Where do you think they found him? Uh, I'm guessing a hardware store or a car dealership, but he was breaking in. He was, he was found wandering sites by where he had taken his victims. Oh, so, yeah. so probably like visiting his, like revisiting the crimes, I guess. You could say. Yeah. You know, just, you know, like high school reunion, just got to swing by the old locker and you know, see Science room. Oh, man. So in stuff. in it takes a while. He's finally tried in 1980, and he's sentenced to life in prison. He's he's uh, convicted for 11 murders, one attempted murder, 17 robberies, and accomplice of one rape and one attempted rape, one count of sexual abuse, two kidnappings, and two thefts. Whole kitchen sink there. Yeah, uh, yeah. They just threw all the charges at him. So he's tried and sentenced to life in prison, which is the maximum sentence in Argentina, and he's sent to uh, to a high security prison of Sierra Chica, near the city of Olivaria. The last words he said before the court were, "This is a Roman circus. I was judged and sentenced beforehand." Homie, you admitted to it. Yeah, I love when they're always when they just spill their guts in interrogation and they're later to be like, I was set up. Right. This is a sham. No, man, you confessed. Um, so before the trial, he was examined by a psychiatrist, and some of that report uh was read at the trial. Some of it said Robledo Pooch comes from a legitimate and complete home, absent from unfavorable hygienic and moral circumstances. There were no economic constraints of importance, reverses of fortune, abandonment of home, lack of work, personal misfortune, illness, effective conflicts, overcrowding, or promiscuity. Meaning his background had nothing to do with it. He was just evil. Yeah. We can't find any, you know, triggering events or big causes. This Mm-mm. guy's just bad news. No. Yeah. In July of 2000, he actually became eligible for parole but he initially didn't file a petition for parole. Eight years later, though, he said, well, maybe. So on May 27th of 2008, Robledo Pooch submits a petition to be paroled. The judge who reviewed his petition said, nope, he denied it. 
he considered him to still be a threat to society. Yeah. In November of 2009, he was denied his request again. In November, uh, on no- in November of 2013, he requested a review of his sentence or at least of his execution status. He was supposed to be um, executed by lethal injection. Uh, the death penalty wasn't even legal in Argentina anymore. The Supreme Court of Justice denied both the request for review and the request for execution because it would have, you know, been illegal. Yeah. Yeah. On March 27th of 2015, the Supreme Court uh, rejected an appeal filed by Robledo against the decision where his parole was denied. So he appealed again and it was denied again. Therefore, as of 2022, Robledo Pooch is still in prison. He has spent over 50 years in prison, making him the longest serving prisoner in Argentina. Wow. Um, during his incarceration, he's apparently become religious, but he's still prone to psychotic fits, during one of which he burned down a prison workshop while wearing goggles and a cape, stating that he was Batman. Outstanding. That's, that's, that's not a joke. He really claimed that he was <laughs> um, due, due to numerous evaluations. <laughs> Did not see that twist coming in the story at all. Due to numerous evaluations that say he is still a threat to society, the chances of a release are pretty much nil for Robledo Pooch. Um, yeah, I gotta 20- feel... You got to feel like the report, the parole board is like, yeah, what about this whole I'm Batman thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's where the A side comes in, Adam. So in 2018, there was a film based on Robledo Pooch called El, An- El Angel, directed by Luis Ortega, and it stars Lorenzo Ferro. And the runtime is one hour, 58 minutes. You can watch it on Tubi. It won Argentinian Academy Awards, seven of them, including Best New Actor for the star Lorenzo Ferro. And there you go. That is the story of the angel of death, the baby-faced angel of death, the black angel, serial killer, Carlos Eduardo Robledo Pooch. I think we're at the point now where some of these criminals, if they really want to be remembered, shouldn't go with like the, it was, yeah, I was set up. It was, this is a sham. It's a circus. Like, can you imagine how much press somebody somebody would get if they just got up there? Like, I just like to thank everybody for doing a really good job on this trial, uh, judge, uh, prosecution. You clearly nailed it. Uh, you guys did. I'm your totally job. Totally to jail. You nailed yeah. it. I just yeah. want to thank everyone for their professionalism in this case. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a nice change of pace just once. So, if there's any if there's any on uh, currently in jail, uh, you know, criminals that are looking for a good way. To uh, make a mark, uh, there, there's your free advice. Right. Yeah. I don't think they're going to take it, though. Well, you never know. You know, they don't break our demographics down that much. So we, we could have, you know, a, an audience listening, uh, you know, incarceration. <laughs> uh, I kind of hope not. Hey, it's a click is a click. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So there you go. That is the B side. So take it away, Adam. Where can so, where, where can you yes. do all the, the things? All the things and the stuff. Well, this was our 100th episode, uh, which is pretty outstanding. And if you want to 
hear any of the episodes, all 100, if you wish to spend, what would that be? 200 hours listening to our voices Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can certainly do that uh we are on all of the streaming services and in fact if you go to our website a side b side podcast dot square dot site you will be able to link to your favorite streaming service uh subscribe like turn on the notifications so you can know that every friday we'll have a new episode out uh, when you're on that website, you can also uh, see all of our sources and uh, some of the things that we found, uh, links to maybe those sources and or, you know, if I talk about a show, maybe a link to you know, some of the reviews and if you wanted to watch it yourself on Netflix. Uh, we've also got merchandise on the website. We have a group called Buy Me a Coffee. So go to buymecoffee.com and type in A Side B Side Podcast and you can send money directly to Brooks Coffee Fund so she can stay awake when listening to my dulcet tones and constant interruptions. So it's kind of a weird thing. It's like it's relaxing but infuriating all at the same time. It's very much a roller coaster. So you got to have some coffee to deal with that. Uh, and the number one thing that you can do if you enjoy the podcast is tell a friend, share it on social, uh, or just keep listening. So that's actually number one, two, and three things because that was more than one. Well, there you go. All right. Um, a big deal. I can't believe we made it to 100. Super excited about that. And hopefully to a hundred more. Well, there you go. I'm for it. I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Brooke.